This is episode 33, The Pitfalls of People-Pleasing with Sean. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. So I want to begin by highlighting how I'm adding some variety to the Coach's Corner episodes that are released each Saturday. So sometimes it's me just teaching a three to five minute lesson or sharing an insight with you, but I'm also having guest coaches come on. And I never wanted to do an interview-based podcast. There are so many people out there doing those so well. I really wanted to make this about coaching and teaching and learning. So when I do have a featured coach on, I won't be interviewing them. I'm really having them come on and teach something. Maybe you heard John O'Leary's episode or Marsha Weeder's on dreams. And this past week, I had Terry Cole, who's another good friend and a licensed psychotherapist, come on and talk about the dangers of suppressing our emotions. And it was a great follow-up Coach's Corner to last week's episode with Monica, which was all about moodiness. So I really encourage you to take a lot. She packs a lot of information in in a short amount of time, and it's a really great Coach's corner and look for more of those. I'll be alternating between just me teaching something and having a guest expert come on. I've been blessed in over a decade of doing this work to get to know some incredible people in the personal transformation space. And I want to share some of their wisdom with all of you. So I'm sitting in LA right now after five planes and four cities and five days pretty much, or maybe it was four planes. I lost count. And this weekend I'll be facilitating my secret sauce business mastermind training weekend. And then I get back on a plane Monday morning to DC. And the funny thing is I just came from DC. Like I literally just landed about two hours ago. So I've been having lots of time up in the air and getting to see lots of people and visit lots of cities. And it was just a lot of fun. And I want to share a full circle moment with you. So in 2008, when I decided that I wanted to start speaking, because people kept saying, oh, you wrote these books on 20-somethings, you should really go speak to colleges. And I have a rule when I hear the same thing about five times, I consider it a sign from the universe. So over five people had said that. So I started to research where I could be represented to go speak at colleges. And I heard about this one agency called Campus Speak that represented speakers that speak at colleges. And I found out the guy who represented the speakers, his name was Dan, his email was on the website. So I began emailing him rather relentlessly. (laughs) Found out he was a Jimmy Buffett fan, tried to work that into my emails. Eventually I got his attention and he said, look, there's this conference coming up in San Francisco. I'm going to be there. Submit yourself to speak. If you get picked to do one of the breakout sessions, I'll come and hear you speak. So I was so excited and so freaking nervous because I had never really spoken in front of anyone before. So I get registered for the conference. They accept my application. I fly to San Francisco. I have my speech 
all ready. And I see him walk in because I recognize him from the website. And again, so, so, so nervous. But I just kept focusing on my why and how committed I was to sharing with these college students I was speaking to as much as I could that I wish I would have known when I was in college. And he ended up leaving my speech about 15 minutes early, which I noticed and kind of tripped me up a little bit, but then came back at the end and said, let's go have a, a coffee or tea or something. I can't remember. And we sit in the lobby of this hotel and I'll never forget it. And And he told me he wanted to add me to the roster. And that was a turning point for me in my life and my career. That's truly what started my whole speaking path. And he left the agency about a year or two later. I only spoke in colleges for about the first five years. And then I got off the campus speak roster and focused more on the corporate market. And we lost touch until two weeks ago. I got a voicemail from him that he had heard me on Lewis Howe's podcast, School of Greatness, which he listened to, and then started listening to this podcast and found my cell phone number and gave me a call. And it was such an unexpected, pleasant surprise. And then it got even better when I found out he lives in Washington, D.C. And you just heard, I just came back from Washington, D.C. So yesterday, after I give my big speech to HR conference, I get to go meet Dan Kennedy again in a hotel lobby, and it was a total opportunity to come full circle, like I said, and thank him, really thank him for being such a catalyst on my path. So I want you to think about that. You know, there are people, they may not be in your life every day, but there are people that have come along on your path that have played a significant part. And maybe there's someone that you've lost touch with that it's time to reach back out to and thank them or reconnect or see how they're doing. And I just encourage you all to stay open. You never know where a conversation or an email or a phone call or a talk with the person next to you on a plane is going to lead. You never know. So stay open. Allow yourself to be connected because, because truly it's been my connections with people, actual people that have made my career not only successful, but have filled my heart and made me a much happier person. Connection is so, 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 so important. And that's a perfect segue to setting up for our session for this episode, as connection is a theme that came up in my call with Sean. He called in for some guidance on getting through his divorce. You know, anytime we're going through a period of loss, a breakup, divorce, death of someone we love, a loss of a job, There can be a tendency to withdraw and not reach out for help because we're either ashamed or we don't want to burden someone or a combination of both. And I love that today's caller is a man because I think sometimes women make the assumption that men don't suffer as much with heartache as women do and they can just move on, but that's not true. I've been blessed in my coaching career and in my friendships to have a lot of men really show me their heart. They hurt too and experience the same kind of heartache that comes with breakup and loss. One of the things that I illuminate for Sean is the possibility of a pattern of people-pleasing and putting himself last, which is making his divorce quite a bit harder. People-pleasing can range in severity from caring what people think a little bit to completely being a doormat. From my point of view, no degree of people-pleasing is a good thing, but being a complete doormat is downright dangerous. I mean, think for a moment of an actual doormat, like you just moved into a new place or you get a new doormat for your front door. When you first get it, it's nice and shiny. You can see the words on it. It's not worn down. But then after people wipe their feet and step on it over and over and over, it starts to get run down. It starts to fade. And that's what happens to your spirit, your light, your spark. If you allow yourself to be a doormat, if you allow people to walk all over you, your light starts to dim. 
you start to fade and you start to wear down. I don't want you to lose sight of yourself during a loss or any other time in your life. So I encourage you to be really honest with yourself about people-pleasing patterns. And after the call, I'll talk a little bit more about people-pleasing and how it is not serving you or the people you think you are pleasing. And I must say that this call with Sean really tugged at my heart. And after I play the session, I will be totally transparent with you about how I had to reorient myself midway through the call. So as you're listening to this call, consider, are you going through a loss right now and feeling disconnected from yourself or others? Do you relate to being a people pleaser, even a doormat? Are you concerned with what people think of you and often put others' needs and opinions ahead of your own? Is there someone in your life you need to draw some boundaries with? Do you have a solid support system of people or at least one person who you can turn to, who can just listen and hold space for you when you're going through something challenging? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my session with Sean. Well, hello, Sean. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you for having me, uh, Christine. Uh, Blindsided uh, into a 15-year marriage i'm basically it's uh been what now that's it's probably four months now or thereabouts three months three and a half months and uh essentially um i'm stuck not being able to move on you know severely down all the time Mm -hmm. carry a heavy weight um Mm. not able to get uh, just basically not able to be uh, to get on with my life and there's obviously some uh, challenges and complications that I uh, I did obviously share share with uh, you um, with regards to uh, circumstances that mean that I have to be and live continue living together with this person mm-hmm. and that makes it even more difficult since uh, she's already in another relationship. Mm, mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so I see her pretty much every day, whether I like it or not. And uh, yes, I'm, it's just, I don't know how to deal with yeah. uh, all of that and yeah. how to deal with my life, really. Well, first of all, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, my heart just goes out to you with so much compassion because. I know that breakups, especially when you don't see it coming and after 15 years of marriage, that's that's just that's just really hard, John. So first, just the the human part of you, it's only been four months. So of course, of course you're feeling sad. Of course you're feeling down. Like that's all very, very normal. So just a just a couple clarifying questions. Um, you said you were blindsided, so you had no idea that this was coming, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, not not that it was just going to end so abruptly. Okay. And there was no talk of anything. There was no let's try to figure it out. Let's do try and do something. It was just it's over, and there is nothing more to say. Okay. Were you already having difficulty in the marriage? No, it was really the first first time that I had um, really really heard about it being as as terrible as it is for the other person or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. No, I had no 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 kind of indication with regards to to that. Okay, 
And do you think it was because of this other person? Basically, I was told that she said to me that she no longer loves me and she has nothing more to bring to the relationship and that she wants to end it. Okay. Mm. Okay. All right. So what do you want? What do I want? I am, I'm just wanting to move on. I accept, I've got to accept what it is. There's nothing that I could do to change it as much as I was the one when it all happened. I was the one that said, let's try and work it out. Let's try and get some help. And we did speak to some very close life coaching friends, actually. And they gave us some exercises to do. I did them all. She didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So I realized at that point in time that uh, that she's not willing to to see things further further along mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's it so really I just want a way of being able to deal with each day mm -hmm. when I see see her when I have to interact with her because it's going to be like that it could be for the next three to five years because we're financially tied to each other and there's no way that we can live under separate roofs or, or anything like that. Why is uh, that? We're business partners and we're not in a financial position in any way to be able to live under separate roofs. Well, okay. I always am I'm kind of of the thinking that miracles can happen and there's always a way out of things rather than living in misery. But I'm curious if you have a woman who is saying, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Well, why aren't you asking her to leave? If she's not willing to participate in the marriage and isn't really willing to work on it either, then why does she still get to live there? Because essentially the property where we're at not going into too many details, but we jointly own the property in order for us to be able to sell the property. And it is the intention to sell the property once it is in a sellable state, because right now we would never even get back half the money that we've invested in the property. That's why. I get that. I get that. But my question, but you see where I'm coming from? And this, this may be part of what I'm supporting you in is really stepping into your power and your strength. And I'm not, you know, again, like I'd have to spend more time with all the legalities and complexities, but okay. you know, you, you have an agreement and you have a marriage and she's breaking that agreement. Correct. And she's choosing that. Correct. So for you to kind of just lay there and allow her, A, not to work on the marriage, B, have a relationship with someone else, and C, still live there. I understand that when you sell it, you'll have to split the finances and all of that. But by, by not taking a stand and saying, okay, listen, I respect you've made this choice, but if you're not going to work on the marriage and you're not willing and you're going to go have a relationship with someone else, then you need to find a different place to live. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem possible, that's, that's all. And that's perhaps something that I need to... I mean, we've been very uh, accommodating with each other in that regard because we both feel there's nothing else that could be done with regards to that side of things. Um, yes, and I mean, obviously, I've got to find work. She has to find work because the business essentially is not going to function. Yes, so I, 
yeah, I, I hear what you are saying. It's just, it's not so straightforward. Okay. Okay. I, I totally respect that. I totally respect that. And even if it's not that, what I um, am encouraging to, you to look at is where you take care of others at the expense of yourself. Okay. Haven't really thought about that that side of things. It just looks like it hasn't been possible, and I've just been trying to figure out how to make it work without that needing to happen. Right, but let's look at let's look and see. And I could be really off course, but is is taking care of others, being a people pleaser, putting yourself not as a priority? Is that a pattern in your life? Yes, you- I would probably say it is. Okay. Well, I always put everybody else before myself, yes. That's just what I normally do. Right. And so you end up being a doormat, being left behind, and being kind of down. Probably, yes. Right. So the bigger bigger kind of issue here and, and pattern that is up to you to heal is really about looking at this sort of caretaker, people-pleasing pattern that's been the way that you thought you needed to get love and validation and get people to like you and stick around and all those kinds of things and really see that it's not serving you. Yes. And really look at how you can start making self-honoring choices, how you can take care of yourself, how you can start thinking what's going to best serve me in this situation and the self-honoring, not selfish, because self-honoring and selfish are very different things. But this whole pattern of taking care of others and being a bit of a doormat, how much longer do you want to play that out? (laughs) Yes. No, it is a, I just wish there was an easy way to, sure, I hear what you're saying. It's, It's just... For me, the only real way forward is to try and find a way to accept the situation as it is and for me to be able to get through each day with things as they are versus the major changes that I can see do need to happen, but they just, I don't feel, and we've, we've both spoken about it. It's, it's not something that is, that's, so easy to kind of implement and that's why we are in the situation we're in but she's already moved on with her life and has done that quite easily and um, mm-hmm. I obviously haven't been able to pick the pieces up and mm-hmm. move on as as uh, freely as she has. Um, right, right. Well, with, with that pattern of being the people pleaser and putting everybody else first – When there's no one there, it's hard to move on. And so a big part of you moving on is going to be putting yourself first. And I don't necessarily mean you have to like take a stand and kick her out and all those things. I mean, like you said, it's complex and I respect that. But Sean, it's, it's really looking at where you do need to set some boundaries, where you do need to put yourself first in some situations where yes. you need to start looking at, all right, I'm a really good caretaker for others. How can I start taking care of myself? Because so much of your sense of worthiness and, and where you get your love is by pleasing others and taking care of others. So when there's no one there, of course you feel down because you kind of lose your identity. Correct. Right? Correct. So you are so, I mean, I can just tell in talking to you, you have such a big heart and that's a beautiful 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 thing and 
with that big heart, you have to be mindful of when you're letting people walk all over it. Yes. So that love that you're able to give to others is, is now it's time to turn it on yourself. So imagine that your best friend in the world has just happened to. Okay. And he said, you know, Sean, I, I, I'm having trouble moving on. It's been four months. I feel down in the dumps. I don't know what to do. What would you tell him? Oh, <laughs> um, that I'm just here for the, you know, here to support that person. I, you know, whatever I could do in that regard, I would be there for that person. I don't think I could say what should be done in the situation, but certainly just be there as a, uh, be there as someone who, who, uh, they could talk to and I don't have anyone unfortunately that's the other challenge is I don't have a social circle and I don't have um Mm. try to work through and figure this all out on my own right and that's really hard to do it is yeah yeah well you do have yourself you know and what you just said that you said to your we would say to your friend that's the way you've got to start talking to yourself and you know, you live in a, you live in Vancouver, right? Correct. Okay. That's, that's not, that's a city. <laughs> There's lots of people there. It's not the middle of nowhere. No, it's kind of out of the, it's Vancouver Island, but it's, it's a small town that I live in, a really small town that's new. Okay. Are yes. there people there? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> right. So a no, big a big part of this for you is going to be, see, the things that, this is the challenging part about a breakup and where you are right now. And I can relate because I've been there. The things that help the most are the hardest to do. And so a lot of times people will ask me, oh my gosh, like, I just want the pain to stop. How do I get it to stop? And they want me to give them like an easy answer that's just going to stop the pain. Mm-hmm. And there is no easy answer. Yes. First of all, we have to grieve it. So it's just painful. And the things that actually help are the things that really are uncomfortable. It's it's getting out there. It's joining new groups. It's meeting new people. It's setting boundaries. It's all the things that we don't necessarily want to do or that are hard to do are the things that help the most. And yeah, I guess... You know, I've never turned to people for for support. It's always been figure out myself, and so I hear what you're saying. Well, you yeah. did it by calling me. Correct. You're the first person, really, who I actually reached out to, believe it or not. I don't know why. I just did, and I went with it. I didn't question it. Mm. I did enjoy, because I have listened to many of your um, podcasts, and I just appreciated um, how you handled all of those situations. And so I just figured I'd do the same. And that's so courageous. That's so courageous. And that's such a self-honoring choice. And I so, so, so deeply acknowledge you for that. And how does it feel to receive support and to have someone hear you and be with you and reflect back to you? Yep, it's... Yeah, needless to say, it's uh, it it always really helps, without a doubt. And uh, yes, probably uh, probably I need to find find that support group here. Yeah, 
Yes. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So is there, I know you said there's no one, but is there anyone that, you know, maybe you're not that close to yet or that you haven't talked to in a while that you could reach out to? Is there anyone you could start to cultivate a relationship with, a friendship with? Nobody really that comes to mind. I just, because I'm so new to this town. What about people from your past? What about people that don't necessarily live there? Sure. I mean, I've got the couple that are life coaches themselves, but I just haven't one to, they've, they've got their life to get on with and they've always said that they're there to support me. The situation that I'm in just seems to not have any easy answers and that's, that's the challenge. Well, but and sweetheart, I'm, here's yes. the thing. You don't need answers. You just need love and support. Got it. You know, you just need people like me telling you that you're amazing and you didn't do anything wrong and you're lovable and you're going to get to the other side of this. And your your wife or ex-wife or whatever we want to call her, she's on her own journey and has her own lessons. And on a spiritual level, you've drawn her in and there's amazing learning to have from this. And perhaps one of the blessings that's already coming forward is it's going to force you to to go out and ask for help and get support because you've always been the one supporting other people. But I can speak for myself and I bet I can speak for your friends that are life coaches. It feels really good to support you right now. It feels good just to be here with you and listen to you. Like I said before, I can tell you have such a kind and loving heart and a sweet spirit. And I can tell you're an incredible man. And so it just feels good to be here with you. And I know that it would feel good to other people to just be there with you and listen. It's not about solving the problem because there's, there's no problem. You're just, you're in a grieving and transition period. You're in a season of your life. You're not broken. So I would like to support you in making a commitment to, to reach out to them as a start would you be willing to do that? Um, I, I know that they are there for me, basically. Uh, maybe I've just got to uh, just learn learn to uh, trust and rely on other people, perhaps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And ask for help. You know, just reach out, just like you did when you booked this Correct. session with me. You know, Correct. just say, hey, I'm, I'd love to connect. Exactly. That sounds great, Christine. And what about people in your current city? What are ideas you have for ways you could get out and start interacting with people? I have, um, so there's a business uh, kind of networking thing that I've been to twice this year that it's happened. I've been there both those times, but uh, I never uh, really connect with people I'm there to learn versus uh, trying to find uh, friendships. Mm -hmm. Could it be both? Yes, I guess it could be if I uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. made, made that an intention of mine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You are so capable of, of creating relationship. And my encouragement, and I think what the opportunity you have is 
this phase of your life, you're going to learn how to be in relationship with people without being the people pleaser, the caretaker, or the one who's making everybody else happy. But really, um, it seems like you have the opportunity to really learn how to have really healthy, balanced friendships and connections. Correct. And that's amazing. And um, as hard as this breakup is, you know, it's it's a blessing for you too because from what you shared a little about your past, like maybe this wasn't, this was a relationship that had an expiration date and maybe there's a relationship ahead of you where you feel really taken care of mm-hmm. in addition to taken care of. Yes, exactly. I mean, I don't look at what's happened as a bad thing. There's a lot of good that's come from it that I've already, you know, my my spiritual journey was ignited again and it was lost yeah. a long time ago. So I know there's many, many good things that come of it, but it yeah. doesn't make the make it easier. Yeah. I, exactly. I know. I know. And it's so important to not do it alone, okay. to have support, to have people around you. It's so important, Sean. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Has this been helpful? Yes, it has. Thank you. Is there anything else? No. You've, uh, it's probably the, the thing that I've always shied away from is, uh, I don't know what the word is, being being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, you're doing a beautiful job of it, and I'd encourage you not to shy away from it too much longer because it really is uh, the access point to have true love and connection with people. Got it. And you're quite good at it. Thank you, Christina. One of my key intentions when I'm coaching people is to be as clear and neutral as I possibly can so guidance can flow through me in a way that serves at the highest level. Now that requires being out of judgment and leaving opinions aside. And there are times, like in this call, where I have my very human moments and slip from empathy to sympathy. And I want to be authentic with you and share that it happened briefly in this call with Sean. And you probably noticed it, but if not, I'll fill you in. So when he was talking about his ex-wife not being willing at all to work on the marriage, already being in relationship with someone else and still living at home with him, I found myself getting a little protective of Sean and judgmental about the situation. Now, it's not my job as a coach to feel any kind of sympathy for anyone. Sean is not a victim here. He has all the inner resources he needs to walk through the situation, and I honor the dignity of his process. Plus, I was only hearing his perspective on the divorce. Once I realized I had slipped out of being totally neutral, I quickly reoriented myself into a space of loving compassion for him. I respected where he was at and then was clear that more than talking about the details of the living situation, what would serve him best was to look at the spiritual curriculum that was unfolding for him and just hold a loving space for him to feel supported. I wanted to highlight this because I know a lot of coaches listen to this podcast, and this is a great reminder that we're all still human. There are going to be situations that tug at our heart, and the tendency may be to go into judgment of the situation or sympathy for the client. If you notice it happening, forgive yourself and shift back to neutral, giving your client, or anyone else in your life for that matter, the dignity of their process. Okay, so now I want to shift to talking about people-pleasing. 
You heard in the call that Sean recognized it was a pattern for him, and this divorce is really the expectation hangover that is offering up an opportunity to look at that pattern and shift it. People-pleasing will not get you love. I repeat, people-pleasing will not get you love. Not the kind of deep, intimate, authentic love you long for. Why? Well, first of all, when you're people-pleasing, putting other people's needs before yours, you're not really being honest. You're not showing up authentically. And you're being selfish. What? Did I just say selfish? Yes, I did. Now, how could I say people-pleasing is selfish? It's all about other people. Well, really, it's not. It's about you wanting to be liked, not wanting to have confrontation, being scared of setting boundaries. There's a lot more on this people-pleasing topic I want to dive into. So this Saturday's Coach's Corner, I'm going to do a special episode on it. So make sure to tune in. So now let's discuss the importance of connection when you're going through a loss. We are not meant to do grief alone. Speaking from a therapeutic point of view, one of the most important aspects of healthy grieving is having support. People you can talk to, cry in front of, who are not attached to giving you opinions or advice, but who truly will just be there with you. I can appreciate, especially for you people pleasers, this may feel hard. It's hard to ask for help. You may feel embarrassed or like you don't want to burden someone. But like I said to Sean, it is a gift you give to someone else when you are vulnerable with them. Please do not suffer in silence and solitude. Again, please do not suffer in silence and solitude. Reach out, drop the people-pleasing defense mechanism, and let people see you. And I will say the same thing to you that I said to Sean. The things that help most are often the hardest to do. And in the hardest times, sometimes we have to do the hard things to get to the healing place we long for. In breakups and loss, there is no easy answer. Take it one day at a time, but reach out, connect, and be gentle with yourself. Some assignments for you. First, be honest with yourself about people-pleasing. Look at the ways you may be doing this and how it is depleting you, blocking intimacy, and potentially even building resentment. Be sure to listen to this week's Coach's Corner as well for more tips. Reach out to people, ask for support, call someone that you feel can hold space for you and just ask them to listen and make a list of the things or even just write down one thing that is the hardest to do but will help the most. Maybe it's reaching out to friends, going to a social event, making a move out of the home you shared with a loved one who you're no longer in relationship with, or maybe it's finally dealing with some of the issues you've kept submerged for years. And if that's the case, you have a heartfelt invitation from me to join me at my summer retreat in July. I promise it will help. And you can find all the information on my website or just email jill at christinehassler.com. So before I sign off for today, I just want to assure you that if you're going through a loss, you will get to the other side. It won't hurt this bad forever, especially if you commit to taking action on some of the self-honoring choices we talked about in this episode. And also know you have my love and support. I know I don't talk to you or know all of you personally, but I feel you. I really feel you. You're in my heart and I'm sending you so much light and love. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.